When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Back here, Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, and joining the fray is Alex Boone, former Minnesota Viking guard. What is up, Alex? How are you? God, it's great to be here. I'm looking at a cookie shop over there, and it's good. But, but you're still staying healthy, aren't you? I have to. You, you actually look great. Like, you can go one way or the other if you're a former offensive lineman. You can go real bad, or you can be like this shape. Yeah, so I just ran my first triathlon over the weekend, and it was great. Where'd you do it? Over at uh, Maple Grove. I did the Olympic. It was so fun. That's it was amazing. a mile swim, 27 mile bike, and a six and a half mile run. Nope. <laughs> I didn't do very well. And but how'd you I feel? Finished. And I how'd finished. you feel the next day? Oh, I felt great. I've never really That's had a crazy. problem the next day with feeling pain like that. Hmm. Like it's really, I know it's. I, I just love moving around and being out, and it was a lot of fun. Well, that's really awesome, man. You look great. Thank um, you. So do if, you. If, Thank you. Yeah, I've been. You guys both out. look yeah, great. No, nah, I really don't. But that's okay. Doesn't, but that's I, okay. I, I I'm play, cool I, with that. I play basketball outside every day. You know, keep myself little in a little league. bit of shape. Yeah, I play, no big. play the rec league. We lost in the playoffs. Do you bring the ball, ball up the court? I do. I'm the uh, guy who dribbles. I'm Are you one, like Ohio? The, yeah, we don't have plays. No, some, oh, some just shoots though. You're not official. But the teams that have plays, you're like really. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm really, that guys? team. Yeah, I'm well, like. I could see you being that. Yeah, so. we need to meet on Wednesday and Thursday, guys. <laughs> so there's, but there's different, there's different <laughs> levels. So we're like the lowest level of like a couple of us reporters, and we can sort of sports a little. And then there's the higher level of guys who play D1, and they have plays, and they can dunk, and they're Listen, like. Listen, if you got D1 guys playing rec league ball, that's just wrong. But they're not playing in the same league. Like, we have different leagues. So okay. those guys practice. If we were playing as those guys, we'd lose like 100 to nothing. I got So you. we're just kind of in the having fun, Stay take a fit. three if you want to, you know, that sort of thing. Gotcha. So um, I wanted to talk to you first, Alex, since you were a recently retired NFL player, about Andrew Luck and walking away from the game. And Sage Rosenfels and Brooks Bollinger were here yesterday, had a lot of thoughts on him deciding to call it quits. And I think it's... Maybe eye-opening to fans about what players are going through to stay on the field. If, if nothing else that we take away from this, maybe there is more understanding after seeing Andrew Luck walk away of how tough it can be with such a physical game. Yeah, I think that people think that this is so physical, and a lot of it, too, is mental. And, you know, there comes a point where you've just taken so much of a beating that your mind... Me- 
it mentally shuts down on you, you know, and you see the same four walls every day. And I know Andrew's been dealing with shoulders and, and now with the calf. And, you know, when you sit in that room and you have the same doctor telling you, hey, listen, it's not getting better, it's not getting better, and you're trying everything you can to get better, you start getting frustrated. And I equated it the other day to a bad football game because you start to make mistakes and then you start getting frustrated and then you start piling on more mistakes and it spirals out of control. And I've seen guys that they're like, listen, I just want to get out of this training room and I can't and it's – it's weighing down on me, and it's hard on those guys, and I feel terrible. And, you know, really this is eye-opening because he's really the first player to kind of leave because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. And it's too much. And at the end of the day, the way this all went down during the game and the fans booing him, it was just a, it was poorly done, I think. And, mm-hmm. and especially because he's such a great guy and a great player for this league and the things that he's done for this league. Mm-hmm. Fans booing. I can't – I. I feel like I'm pretty hardened when it comes to sports. Yeah. And, like, I, you know, if a guy holds out, go ahead and boom. I don't yeah. care. If a guy screws <laughs> up and throws three picks, boom. boom, that's fine. You paid. For the life of me, though, I can't get my head around. I get that you're mad and disappointed. Yeah. I totally get that. This is, your, this is your quarterback. But the booing thing, I just I can't accept it. Once again, I think it was the way it was done. You know, you you got to think you're a fan at a game, and you your franchise quarterbacks on the sidelines, and all camp and all year, all you've been hearing is he's good, he's good, he's coming back, he's right. coming back, and then all of a sudden, halfway through the game, you get a text from Bleacher Report: Andrew Luck's retiring, and you're like, this is a joke. You know, I mean, I just think that the emotions of these people were hit so hard, and they believe so much in Andrew. He did a phenomenal job for this community. My mom used to live down there, and she said that he would always come to the children's hospitals and the things that he would do. So I think people were just upset in the moment and didn't know what to do. I don't think anybody would truly boo him for leaving. I think, it, like I said, it was just a raw emotional thing. Yeah, and it ends up being a little bit of a group mentality sort of thing where everyone starts spreading the news to each other, and they're right. getting upset, and they're it's maybe falsified a little bit. You know, things are getting out of control. The problem I have is the former players that come out and they say things like, you know, that's a disgrace to do that 10 days before the season. Well, listen, dude, you, you went down this road with all of us, and we all know how painful this game can be, and we all have to hide it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So for someone to actually stand up and just say, hey, listen, I, I just can't do it, I have more respect for him for actually doing it. I think it takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts, especially the way he did it. And so for the team to turn around and say, hey, we still love him, you know he was a great guy around that facility. So how about yourself? I mean, I know that you dealt with injuries and things like that, and I remember you really battling through it in training camp 2017. What, what was that like for you to mentally and physically to have to try and get yourself out there even knowing that you weren't anywhere close to 100%? It was tough, you know, and, and, and for me, uh, being hurt was kind of the fun of the game. It was kind of playing through injuries, and it was trying to make the game more fun and how could I get around this. There's some injuries you just can't come back from. You know, I blew up my back in the season, and, and you know, I, I messed up my knee real bad, and I just never could recover from it. I ended up recovering after I left here, but it took a long time to get there, and it's the same thing. You're hearing people say, hey, listen, there's something wrong with you, and you're like, I know. What is wrong with me? They're like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, yeah. listen, that's not the answer I want to hear. Like, <laughs> right. you need to give right. me a real answer. And at, at the end of the day, they're kind of like, well, we're looking at this, and everything looks good, and you're like, it's not good. I can't walk. Well, it's good. It should be good. It should be working fine. We don't know. And you're like, listen, there's no answer. This can't be right. We can't be talking about this right now. So I understand the frustration of being in in the moment of I want to be better. How do I get better? Well, there's no timetable. We need to look at this long term. You're like, oh, my God, I'll never get out. To that point, too, how, you know, we we see what what guys, you know, I I think luck started with, what was it, a shin or something, and then it became an ankle. But how little do we know, too? Because my, my perception has always been, 
like with this, we're going to find out it's way more. Right. And, and he basically probably struggled to to run and walk. Yeah. How little does the public know as well when when we see, um, you know, Alex Boone's shoulder? Like, I've always been like, it's probably way more than that. Yeah, I think that, you know, not only so much from us to the fans, but from each other. You know, we're always trying to hide injuries from each other. You don't want to be the guy that's limping around and everyone's like, what's wrong with him? You know, like, dude, we're <laughs> yeah. all in the same position. You need yeah. to man through it, you know. So I think when guys are like, are you okay? Yeah, it's just my knee. You know, here he tore something in his right. knee. He's like, I'm good. I can figure it out, you know. And that's that's part of the game. You need to be a tough guy at some point. And some guys just can't do that. And there's nothing against that. So I, you're reminding me of Harrison Smith uh, in 2016 having his ankle blowout, essentially, and then him coming back a few weeks later to play through it. And there, there is something to be said, though, for guys who are able to do that. And this isn't like a knock on Andrew Luck, but it's kind of an important part of the game because there are a few players in camp with the Vikings right now who are always over on the other field, and they have potential. Yeah. There are some receiver, there's a receiver they have who has clear potential, and he would be on this team, but it's always a hammy or it's always something else, so I right. don't think he's going to be on this team. So there's a part of me that sympathizes and says, guys should really just heal, you know? Yeah. But there's the other part that says a lot of other guys are going through it, and there's that pressure all the time. And maybe if you're Andrew Luck, that pressure right there is too much. Yeah. I think that the with the bottom line with Andrew was I think it's more than it is. I think it's not just a little bit of an ankle injury. I think there's more going on that we don't know about. And at the end of the day, it's nobody's business, really. He's just basically saying, hey, listen, guys, I see the future, and the pain that I'm about to go through is not worth it anymore. And I can honestly, I can respect that a little bit more. Does, so, this, does this start um, not, a trend? Not a trend because that, that's too strong. But does this start to empower some guys to be like, He's got a good point. I think so. I think Rob Gronkowski kind of is already hitting on that a little bit. Like, hey, listen, Andrew Luck's kind of setting the tone right now, and I, I followed suit a little bit. I mean, he dealt with injuries, backs and knees and shoulders. And, you know, when you can't play the way you want to play, it's also frustrating because you're like, I can get to that spot real quick. But when you don't, you start looking at yourself like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not doing this? Oh, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm trying to do too much, and then I get hurt again, and it leads to more injuries. And, and then all of a sudden, we're in the bad game again. You're spiraling down. You're on IR. Coaches are like, what's wrong? You know, there's just you're taking on so much pressure and frustration that you don't need to. So I'm putting it at 50-50, though, that he comes back. And <laughs> Which I, one? I, I, well, the, the, uh, I, Both I mean, of them? No, Andrew Luck. I don't know about Gronk. Oh, yeah, Gronk. Oh, yeah that's right, with Gronk. Gronk's I probably stronger. Gronk said he could come back, and I believe it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like, I, yeah. He's a party I, animal. I don't, know if his, <laughs> I don't know if his body will work. By the end of last year, it looked like his body literally was just giving out on him. Andrew Luck's body will heal, and he'll be able to come back, yeah. I think. So I'm putting it at 50-50. But if he, he doesn't, for either one of those guys, you're in the same boat of walking away from the game and not being a part of that anymore. Uh, I feel like a lot of former players will say there's there's some positives and negatives. I yeah. mean, the positives, you don't have to hurt anymore. Right. But the negatives is not being with the guys anymore, being away from the game. So what's that like? I think a lot of it is you have to come to the realization that football doesn't last forever. And that's a tough thing because your whole life you've, uh, I want to be an NFL player. And then the minute you get in and these coaches, they accept you and they love you, you're like, God, this is great. And then all of a sudden one day someone's like, hey, man, we'll see you later. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I, I want to hop back on the train, you know, and it's – these guys now, they're so empowered, though. I feel like football is almost their second job. These guys are doing so much in the community. They're doing so much on other platforms. They're becoming so um, celebritized in other ways that yeah. football is almost kind of like, hey, listen, if I don't do this anymore, I kind of want to – I have a career in this path, and I want to take this road, which I – you know, you see it a lot more now with guys. Back in the day, 
guys were just football players. We're yeah. just here to play sure. football, show up, do our thing. Now guys are like, hey, listen, I got a charity event tonight. I got to go over to, or I got to go to the hospital. I got to do this. Guys are finding that through this platform, they can t- they can branch off into other areas, which is great. And to watch them do that is so fun. And sometimes to be a part of it with them is also a journey. How much better are guys now? And Andrew Luck won't have this problem. Neither will Gronk. But how much better are guys now with their money than they used to be? Because like the the broke thirty for thirty <laughs> that, that killed us. That killed us. But but it, it also made me think. All you guys then saw that, and yeah. when like, Latavius Murray said to me, once we all saw those guys in the previous generation lose all their money, we said, okay, we don't want to be those guys when we make it now. Yeah, no, you can definitely tell there's definitely been a culture shift in the money, and the NFLPA has done such a great job of bringing guys into a financial institution and bringing financial advisors around that are trustworthy and have been gone through the certifications that – we don't have those problems anymore. It used to be 80% of guys were broke two years out. We're not dealing with that anymore. We're seeing guys are getting better with their money. They're smarter with their money. And like I said, I think a lot of it is because they see this as one platform but not the end platform. Yeah. And they're like, hey, listen, this is going to help me branch off into this charity or I want to go and be a tech mogul in this or do this. There's so many interesting things that guys are doing. And you talk to these young guys, and they're just so driven to do other things. It's like, yeah. hey, listen. I'm going to play football for six months, but the other six, I'm going to go start this up. And you're like, God, what is going on? I mean, (laughs) when do you train? They're like, oh, training? I do that in the morning, and then I go do this? And you're like, oh, my God. But it's fun because they're becoming smarter and more knowledgeable about what they need to be. Isn't that amazing that still at the NFL Combine, though, they'll be like, do you like football enough? Because you do other stuff. You know, I think a lot of that, too, is, you know, they put those guys under such immense pressure because you have such little time with them. You want to see what's going to happen. How how long does it take this kid to crack? And can I crack him with something simple? If somebody says something stupid, is he going to go off the handles? Right. Which is a big problem we're having now when guys need to control themselves. But at the end of the day, they want to push as hard as they can in 15 minutes. And at the, when they leave the room, they go, hey, listen, that guy's great. Or, hey, we can't deal with that. He's not going to be good for our team. And the questions, I think, sometimes are a little absurd. I've heard of them. They're, they're just out of control. So how much now do, do you think, and this question might sound weird, how much now in the current climate as a pro football player – do they need to love the sport to be successful? Because oh, you have to. because I sensed there was a time when it, it was all, all in, and I definitely in my days on the Vikings beat covered guys. McKinney, perfect example. That guy had more talent, like the footwork, huge man. Yeah. Never sensed he really loved the sport, right. but but he could get by. But how much do you need to be dedicated and devoted? Because the sport is. Ultimately, so so brutal. Yeah, and it's ever growing, and I think that's the one thing that so many guys, these young guys, they they're going to go either way, right? Like they're going to be super driven, and they're going to want to be successful, and they're going to want to be the all pro and the captain, and I want to know everything. Or they're going to be the guys that I just want to be here because Twitter said it's cool to be here, right? And you can tell those guys right away because when it's time to show up at six a.m. to work out, they're not there. So I see the other guys, and you're like, okay, this is the group we have, the squad going forward for the next sixteen games. The rest of those guys will be somewhat intermittent, you know, sporadically in there, but. You have to love this game because it is so physical. It's going to take a toll on you, and you're going to be talked to, and sometimes like you don't want to be. You know, there's coaches that are going to come at you. There's players that are going to come at you. And at the end of the day, if you're going to slam your head against the wall 60 times, you better love doing it. Well, I also think that the amount of studying that's required. Oh. Last year, I did a piece on offensive linemen and studying, and everybody has their own different system that they use yeah. to grind tape and everything like that. But you better be spending almost your, your whole time just preparing for each individual game because of how complex things are now. I mean, we, I used to watch games and games and games and days, and I, it would, I would barely sleep because 
you'd be looking at a defense and you'd say, okay, well, the guy I'm playing against with the majority of the game might not be that good, but his backups, man, he's good. Or the pass rusher that moves in is good, and i got to know everything about these guys, and i got to know their slants and their stunts and their counter moves, their second counter moves. So you'd see the group of guys that would meet early to come come in, and they'd say, okay, this is what we got to watch for this guy or this guy or this guy. The safety comes down off the edge. We got Everybody's slanting. we got to pay attention. And you'd look around the room, and it'd be about 50% of the guys. And you'd say, okay, well, I know going forward who I can rely on, who I can't rely on. And at the end of the day, those were the guys you'd stick around, you know, and they – Together, you guys would grow. And, and when I was in San Francisco, we had the best offensive line because we were all committed to each other more than the team, which you could feel. You know, there was always a presence of if, if one of us were to ever get messed with, the other four were quickly behind mm-hmm. to throw punches, which was always fun. Was Staley a left tackle when you were there? Yeah, so Joe. He's, he's an awesome guy. It's Joe's awesome. great. He's, you know, still playing, obviously, consistently doing it great. Mike Gupati was there. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, up in right. Seattle now. Jonathan Goodwin retired, played for the Saints a long time. And then I had Anthony Davis on my right, and he was a stone-cold killer. I mean, he was <laughs> awesome to play with. But, you know, you talk about those guys. They were committed and driven, and that's what made the game fun for us. All right, we need to talk offensive line with this current squad because we got some questions. We got some problems from what we saw the other day. We're, oh, a, little con- we're a little concerned. And also, uh, since you're a former player, you don't like predictions and media crap, we're going to make you do predictions. I know. We're going to go through every game on the Vikings schedule and see what you come out with, wins and losses. If I see a tie in there, am I going to get Well, the, you, you, Am it, I going to get booed? It does happen. You might, we but saw, who cares? We saw it last year. It does happen. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Alex Boone joining myself, Matthew Collar, and Judd Zolgad here. You are listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Score North, Matthew Collar, former Minnesota Viking, Alex Boone, towering yeah. over me and Judd here on the stage. Do you I want think, me to sit down? I think you're the... No, I'm not intimidated. Okay. I'm around your people all the time. But you out in the... Your people. people. Your people. You out your in, football people. people. But you out in the wild looks very different. I so when, like when we're, when we're in the locker room, we're like, oh yeah, you're all huge. Uh, the linemen and everything. It's like you get He's used to basketball it. And then, tall, though. I know, right? I'm not, uh, I think you you're are. You're like, tall. what, 6'7"? Six, 6'8". Seven? Six, I mean that's basketball. That's tall. not. I feel like there's another I'm another Timberwolves level, level of tall. Yeah. That's like I'm barely a point guard in this. My area. neck does not hurt trying to look at. you. Thank you. How about that? And okay. my face looks kind of great. But I'm I'm saying when <laughs> he walks around the normals over that. and just stands over them so much, it's like yeah, it's oh yeah, that, that's what a that's what an NFL player looks like out in the public. Okay, so anyway, that's the whole point. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this offensive line. So you were watching the game the other day, and uh, Judd and I were in the press box, and we were. Looking Looking at each other saying, you know, this offensive line, they've added human beings that are different than the human beings that were here last year, but this looks pretty much the same. What was your takeaway on the uh, line for the other day? I feel the same way you do. I I hear this revamp, but I just see a reshuffle, and I'm curious as to see how it's going to work. And the more time they get together, it's not getting better. You know, you're supposed to be taking these steps, and in camp it's these real small steps every day, and then in the games you take these big steps, and then all of a sudden you're not seeing it up front, and you're like, hey, listen, guys, you kind of make this engine go. So if you don't go, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. The problem, not the problem, the good thing is Delvin Cook can make a lot of people Very miss, good and he can run, which is going to make up, like we talked about last week or two weeks ago, about how the zone, you can make more mistakes in the zone and still make up for it in the back end. So Kirk, Kirk, uh, 3 of 13 in that game, as you watched, went back and watched that, how much of the struggles of Kirk 
on Saturday did you put on the quarterback himself and how much was also an issue of uh, protections and things that were not totally beyond his control but contributed to his lack of success in the game? I think, you know, a lot of it ended up, when it started out, it was just kind of him, it looked like him doing too much, you know, and I think a lot of that was Adam Thielen not being out there, so mm-hmm. you're automatically going to, hey, listen, our big playmaker's not out here, I got to do too, I got to do more, you know, and that's the common mistake guys make, even veterans, like, hey, Adam's not going today, okay, put the weight on my shoulders, I'm going to make this work, I'm going to make Stefan look good, I'm going to make Kyle Rudolph look good, I'm going to make everybody look good, and then you go out and you do too much, and you start spiraling again, and you start trying to force throws and overthrowing them. Instead of just taking a deep breath and saying, hey, I don't have to do it all. I have a whole team around me that can help me. And I think that when they get into the season, they're not – this isn't a time to panic. But at the end of the day, I would say you need to see less of that from an older veteran quarterback. So I was thinking about this a lot. The offseason got Sage Rosenfeld's thoughts on as a former quarterback, and, and he kind of liked this notion. I think you'll be surprised. There was a study about how much quarterbacks control their own pressure rate, and it found that they kind of do a lot. Like yeah. it, it, The same quarterbacks tend to get pressured the most every year. The same ones get rid of the ball the most. I guess from an offensive line perspective, when you have a guy like Cousins who sits in the same spot and doesn't really move himself out of pressure and things like that, is that frustrating for an offensive lineman? I mean, I I guess when you see a performance where a guy's getting pressured all the time, are there times where you as a former lineman go, that's not not on the line, that's on the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of times where I see it. And there's a lot of times where you see you're watching a game and, the announcer's like, oh, the, the left guard messed up. No, man, the quarterback's got to get rid of that ball. That's a 358 protection. That's a three-step. And you can, I can always tell by how they set. You know, mm-hmm. offensive linemen are so predictable in their stance. But for the most part, every play has a hot route somewhere. Every play has a check down somewhere. You have the ability to get the ball out. Now, how fast you process that is on you. And I've seen some quarterbacks, they can look at a guy running right at them, and they can just get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Carson Palmer was one of the greatest quarterbacks I ever played that could do that. He loved, he, you know, You'd see a SOM blitz coming, which is the SAM outside the mic. Literally, that's what that stands for, SOM, S-O-M, SAM outside the mic. And you, the line would go, hey, listen, we're going to go loco. And he'd go, no, 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 go Rocco. You, I'd turn around like, dude, are you for real? He'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then the center would look at me because this one was when I first got there. I, I, I'd been there for three days. I played in the first game. And all of a sudden, he's killing to the right. And I'm like, you see this to the left, right? He's like, don't worry, I got this throws like a nice strike he's like listen i enjoy watching the guys come at me because that makes it easier for me to throw when you have that ability to see a guy coming at you full speed and get rid of the ball that makes you an elite quarterback now i've seen quarterbacks that they see guys coming wide-eyed just drop right down and that's fine at the end of the day if you're going to stay in that spot you're helping me but you have to be able to move a little bit because i'm not always going to be the one to get it done so can kirk change though because he he's not a kid so we we talk about and it does it does seem like when you ratchet up the pressure on on him he does get worse yeah because i don't know if he mentally tries to process every bit of information or what but is it realistic for us to uh to stand up here and have a conversation about him changing his stripes now or is this just who who he is and so the shortcomings are going to maintain for basically the remainder of his career i think that to say that somebody can't change is such a lazy excuse you know to sit there and say well he's stuck in his ways that was such an old lazy excuse that coaches used to say about the old veteran players that didn't want to go out and practice (laughs) i mean you could tell a quarterback hey listen instead of taking on all this pressure you can just dump the ball off right there and you can tell him till you're blue in the face whether he does that or not is his call now i think that his problem is he is overthinking everything and the problem with that too has to be this rookie center you got a young center in there who's still learning this offense, still learning the NFL. This isn't college, okay? This isn't like, hey, we're going to mic the corner because we can. You have to mic the mic because that's important. 
So I think that he's probably taking on a lot in his mind, like, hey, is, are the calls right? Are we good? Is everything good? Because when you have an older center, I used to see it all the time. These quarterbacks, they'd go to him and say, hey, you're good, right? You're going to make all the calls. You're going to kill it for us. You're going to take care of this. They'd be like, yep, got it all. No problem. A.Q. Shipley was one of the best. Jonathan Goodwin was one of the best. Daniel Kilgore was really good at it. And it just takes a whole ton of pressure off the quarterback because he's just saying, hey, listen, i got to know my routes now. You're going to take care mm-hmm. of all these blitzes, the safeties, the corner coming, everything. I'm good. i got nothing to worry about. I just got to throw the ball. So that, to me, reminds me of the Rams still having John Sullivan last year playing center for them when he's on the older side and might not physically have been there as much Smart. but makes it really easy for Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, as as – John was a different guy, and John and I got along, but at the end of the day, he was one of the smartest players that I was ever around, and I was around a lot of smart guys, but John Sullivan knew an offense and a defense. He could reiterate everything the coaches had said that week and wanted to know, and he was phenomenal at, at voicing the calls. But like you said, at the end of the day, you have to do the other part as well. You've got to do the heavy lifting, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's when guys run out, and I see that a lot in the careers of the centers. As they get older, they get smarter, but they kind of they do a little bit less, and right. so that's what kind of ends up being their sword that kind of gets them. So if he's a rookie center and he's trapped in between a right guard that I don't believe is very good and a left guard who used to be a center but now has to play left guard but wasn't good at center. Like, <laughs> Boy, I mean, we, this, this sounds like this, a real reshuffle. Right, I was going to say, right, can't wait yeah, for the Falcons. I mean, can you? Grady Jarrett, right, here Grady it comes. Jared. I mean, th- this, t- this. And this is the problem. And, and listen, I'm an old school player, and, and I saw a lot of old school philosophies, but one of the philosophies I always saw with an offensive line was if you're going to play an offensive line, you either have a really good center and two average guards, or you put two really good guards next to an average center. And at the end of the day, if you do that, you're going to be fine because they're always pinholed against each other, and they're going to be fine. But when you have three guys in there, one of them's new, one of them's just been moved, and one of them's coming from free agency that maybe is average, that's not really a good recipe for success. The one thing I don't get on Klein is why you wouldn't have brought in genuine competition there. It strikes me, like, like this sport is all about that, right? Right. Besides kicker. I, kickers, just leave the damn kicker alone <laughs> and the so punter alone and, and stop with that. But, you know, Klein's coming off a bad year. Okay, you, you give him a chance. I completely get that. But why wouldn't you bring in, and I'm not even saying a top competition. Right. I'm saying genuine competition to let's see if you, you can come back as opposed to here's the job, take it. Oh, wait, you're not prepared to take the job. Right. I agree with you. I think that one of the teams that you have to look at is the Buffalo Bills and what they did. They went out and they went and got a bunch of scrappy players. And I think at the end of the day, this is going to work for them because it's their philosophy as a team. They're just a scrappy team. And it's a, it's one of these things where people look back and they go, well, there's not really any big names on that. No, no, I get that. But what it is is they're all competing. And you heard Bean in early in the year, and he said, listen, we're going to bring in 10 offensive linemen, and we're going to let all 10 of them fight it out for five spots. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the best five will play. That's what's going to make that group tougher. It's going to make them better because not only are you the guy that can't let the group down, right, you know that at the end of the day I'm going to come in and watch this film with that coach who's not going to be in a good mood because he didn't get to see his wife yet today, Okay. <laughs> And so if he's sitting there hammering me the whole day, well, my job starts going down, and the guy behind me, he starts going up. So those guys are being pushed literally by each other, but they're also growing together. They're going to have good continuity at the end. And what I see from this line is they kind of kept most of the parts the way it was and then just brought in Garrett Bradbury and kind of hoped for him to fix everything. And Klein, I don't see him being a whole lot different than Tom Compton or Mike Remmers at that position. 
And that's where I say, okay, well, should they have gone a different direction, even though I like Garrett Bradbury a lot? I think he's been great in camp, and he's a really smart professional kid. As a reporter, you see rookies who really look like rookies, and then rookies who look like veterans. Garrett Bradbury acts like a veteran. He's very serious about the game. Um, But I look at also the tackle positions here. Brian O'Neill's been out for a lot of training camp. We know that could be a problem. And Riley Reef at left tackle, this was the position they had a chance to change in the offseason. And we haven't talked about it all. Like, oh, they're all set at left tackle. But last year, Khalil Mack picked him up and threw him. And he's been dealing with injuries. Jerry Hughes blew by him a bunch of times in the Buffalo game and basically blew up the game plan. And I think that's the position where if they don't find a way to cover that up as an offensive scheme, that you're going to end up with most of the problems you had last year. No, I agree with you. And that was, like you said, I'm surprised they didn't go out in free agency and make a move and say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, you've played in this division a long time. You did a good things, but we're going to move on. I think that Brian O'Neill, when he comes back and healthy, is going to be one of the better players on this offensive line. Yeah, which like is, him a lot. I, I like him a lot because he's young, and he had a good rookie year. Him and Mike McGlinchey really stuck out to me last mm-hmm. year, and I think that they both – because coming from college, it's so different. I mean, you're dealing with 18-year-olds, now you're dealing with 30-year-olds. And I get the, the level of it. You know, experience goes way up, and you have to be mentally ready. He showed he was mentally ready. And I hope he comes back healthy and ready to go, because the second year is really supposed to be your best year. You know what was fascinating to see with him? He got thrown into the game against Green Bay, the tie game. And uh, we'll have you pick the schedule shortly. <laughs> I've got it up here in front of me. Uh, but uh, I talked to him after. And, and, and the difference between talking to him in training camp when he was really a rookie and, yeah. oh, great to talk to you, reporter guy, and I'm just having my time of my Super life fun, out here. Yeah. This is so fun. Look at how good these guys are. To you just had you just had a real battle. It was kind of like a little bit shell shocked, a little bit. Yeah. But then after that, he, you could see the toughness coming out in that guy. Yeah. And it was like I wasn't sure that that was really there with him because he was so personable and friendly and everything else. But then as it went along, I thought, well, if he's got that element with the athleticism and he's a yeah. smart kid, he could be a really good player. And I guess I wonder if the move should have been to move him over to left tackle and move on from Riley Reef. I was just I saw you as you were thinking about this going yeah. to there. That's such yeah. a once again, we're reshuffling. You got to be careful that's about true. that. That's okay? true. It's all. It's also side to side, which right. I've been told is a. But he, but he was a left tackle in college, though. Okay, so there, there was that. I, I agree with you, and I think if you move him to left, yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting to see what would happen. I'm, I'd be excited for it. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do at right tackle? You're going to keep Rashad there. Once again, no. you're, you're still no. I, <laughs> no, that's a really bad idea. I don't I like that one. I just think that there's so many teams not named Philly, Dallas, or. Pittsburgh that go out there and say, hey, any five guys can play and we'll win with them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, but when you play a really good team like Philly yep. or you go and play Seattle in Seattle, that's going to be a tough game yeah. for those guys, and you need five guys that you can rely on 100%. Just quick, O-line, I want them ornery. When, <laughs> when I was a reporter, nice o- – now, now, I'm not saying that, that they can't be great quotes because right. they certainly, as you know, can be good quotes – but if they're like, oh, shucks, this is, you're like, no, 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 no man. That's no. not how you're, you're <laughs> supposed to be wired as an SOB. Yeah. So, so yeah. be one. Exactly. But then people get mad at you when you are. Like, it's like, wait a minute. I thought I was allowed to be like this. I know. I like that. Okay, good. Then no, we're pa- get along great. the worst is passive. Oh, yeah. Passive, sure. like, left oh. tackles. Oh. Come on, man. You you are facing all these great players, and you're passive? I'm thinking of one in my head that I think I'm thinking of one. I'm not sure. But I know who you're thinking I don't, of. I don't know. I'm thinking of a couple in my head now. <laughs> Passive O-linemen are no fun. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. There are, there are some guys, though, who are so calm, and I don't know if it's with offensive linemen, who just 
They just, they just come across when you talk to them like everything is totally fine. And yeah. then they go out and compete like crazy. And you're like, okay, that's Burke, a different human being. Burke was calm, yeah. but he was wired right. Yeah, Matt was great. I mean, I, But he was really calm. Even I loved him when he would do my fines because he was very cerebral, too, with him. Like, he'd yep. be sitting there thinking. And I could tell he, that the words I was using were very important to him. So I'd be like, listen, I felt attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I had to attack back. And he was like, hmm, interesting. Good wordage. <laughs> a football victim statement. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Uh, all right, Alex Boone, Judd Zolgad, here's what I want to do now. I want you to pick the Vikings schedule because we've got you here and you didn't want to make any predictions, I so we have to make you make predictions. So, Jonathan, do you have any <laughs> NFL music that we can ramp up in the background here? And, uh, Judd, can you keep his wins and losses here? I'm going to run through the schedule. Oh, sure. If you can not? keep track. Of course I can. Just do, it in, just do it with your fingers. you got ten of them. Hold on. All right. Here we go. The NFL music is happening. We got the, the the autumn wind of a pirate is blowing in on us right now. Listen, I just okay? want you to know, too, I'm not going to do any ties, okay? I'm not that guy. You're not, you're not going to do the I can't ties. do okay. the ties. I thought you were going to do a tie. Uh, it's not against the rules. There was a tie, so. All right. All right, here we go. Starting off at U.S. Bank Stadium, September 8th, the Vikings play the Atlanta Falcons, win or a loss, win. Mr. Boone. Win. I win. think that even though Dirk Cutter's back and that was a successful year for Matt Ryan, I still see this defense giving it to him. I agree. At, at home. Yeah, the first game at home, those are always yeah. tough for road games. They go to Green Bay, the site of last year's tie. And, uh, you know, the Vikings aren't really sure of their kicker at the moment. So on the road to Green Bay, week two, <laughs> win or loss. Loss. All right. So, uh, I, so I, I think that the Matt Lafleur people are underestimating this Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers thing. That you know, Matt's got total control. It's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still yep. his team. Yep. Okay, if he's like, hey, listen, I'm going to audible out of your silly play. I'm going to do it. Is he still as good as he was, Rodgers? Because I'm not sure. I'm not going to pay any attention to that. Okay. Guy. All right. I mean, right. I have respect for this guy. He was a tremendous athlete. He still is. I think he's still got it. Week three, John Gruden. The Hard Knocks Win. boys of Oakland. Win. You don't I even need to tell me. You don't even need to tell me where. Hard Knocks has been awful too. And it's been horrible. It's I awful. Cancel it. it. Listen, Antonio that, Brown has a helmet no, though. No, is he going to play? His I don't feet know. Feet have unfrosted. What a joke! No, they're definitely going to win that game. I don't see the AB experiment working out very well for Derek Carr. All right, at uh, Chicago in Week Four. Lost. House of Horrors for the Minnesota Vikings. It's a house of horrors there. It is. Isn't it, it crazy? It, you know, people are saying that this defense is going to, you know, they're going to take a step back. They have. 10 returning starters. They're not going to take a step back. They know what they're doing. Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, you still have the pressure coming. You still have the back end mostly. You're going to be fine. I think we could do a whole show on the Chicago game 2016. Let's not. Vikings, are you sure? I was unconscious we've, for most of it. Let's not time. do that. Okay. Uh, then we'll move on. At the New York Giants. With, yeah, I think that Zimmer gives it back to Pat Shermer for leaving him. Uh, October thirteenth at home against Philadelphia. Oh man, this was one. Of the, one. This Tough was one. one of the games that I, you know, I could go either way, and I think a lot of it's going to ride on, you know, the quarterback over in Philly and how he comes back this year. And I just don't. Uh, I'm going to say loss. Okay. What do we got right now? The Flip Bowl is what that will be. Uh, the, the, John D. Flippable. Bowl. Uh, it's th- three and three. Three and three. Okay, off to a 500 start here. They go to Detroit. Win. You're not you're not buying a new Matt Patricia. He's no, I think that they're going to get. He's let's fine. see, they got ten sacks last year. They'll probably get fifteen this year. <laughs> and Patricia gets fired at some point. Guaranteed, I, maybe after yeah. this game. What a joke! Um, I mean, too many people are trying to be the Bill Belichick. It's stuck. Yep, it's stuck. It's like Flores now with, with the Dolphins. So, did you ever bump into any of those guys along the way no. of, of former Belichickers? Thank God, I mean, no. 
No. Because Joe Thomas on his podcast talked about, I think it was Eric Mangini, and he said it was lunacy. I lied. Like, I did get Eric Mangini did you as get a Eric defensive Mangini? coordinator. Okay. Did you? Yes. He said that he would make them like memorize little sayings and stuff and have to give them back in meetings and things and like that. And then he turned in Belichick. No sense. Spygate was him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, then he's, yes. Uh, that was Mangini that yeah. turned him in because he knew what Belichick did and yeah. he used it against him. Yep. All right. Uh, Case Keenum, maybe. Dwayne Haskins, Win. maybe. Win. Colt McCoy, maybe. He didn't, he didn't even no. stop to listen to your quarterback right. option. I mean, um, you could name five more quarterbacks. I'm still going to tell you when. Joe Theismann? Uh, Josh Johnson finished the year with them. Mark Sanchez played for Washington last year. Oh, Sonny Jurgensen? There you go. Names here. Uh, November 3rd. This one I can't wait for at Kansas City. Man, I, I, I'm I'm going to say win. Whoa. Whoa. I had a Zimmer's defense shows up wow. at KC. Huh? I think the problem with KC and a lot of it is their defense, you know, and I just don't think that they came around the way they're. Sp- I mean, Spags is a great coach. He's going to do some good things, but I think that that's a game, an emotional game. I think six and three right now six and is three. what they're rolling three in a row as they go to Dallas. Not sure if they'll have Zeke Elliott or not by November 10th, but it is at Jerry World. So now I heard a, re- a report that Zeke and this team are coming back together. So I'm going to assume that Zeke's back. So okay. I'm going to say loss. Dallas, a win. Dallas win All right. at Dallas. All right, now Vic Fangio, his defense gave the Vikings fits. He's going to bring a Denver defense to Minnesota November Joe, 17th. Joe Flacco still the quarterback? Yes. Okay, yes, I'm going to go with the win for the okay. Vikings. <laughs> uh, I'm not a Flacco now, fan, okay? He beat me in the Super Bowl. I'm a lot of hate him forever. And played unlike he ever played ever in his career. Literally the one year that he played lights out. That was the one year. Completely 14, 14 touchdowns, no picks in that playoff run. Is that right? He hasn't been he anywhere close to good since then. No. Like not, not even, even an average quarterback. But everyone keeps telling me how good he is, and I'm waiting. Yeah. Not elite anymore. 7-4 um, right now. Out to Seattle on December 2nd. The uh, That was the game that got That's John Dickerson right? fired last year. Uh, yes, seven fifteen. I believe, is Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. At Seattle. Marshawn comes back, runs at is the one-yard line. Wait, wait, wait. Is Marshawn going to no, be the one that lights the torch? Maybe. Yeah, oh, 12th if man? Marshawn lights the torch. That's a tough place to play. If he lights the torch, yeah. the 12th man, I'm going to say might light lost. the torch with, some, yeah. All right, with something else than uh, just regular fire. Marshawn right? Lynch is loved up there. You can do yeah, no oh, wrong yeah. if that's yeah. your name. Um, so did you say lost? Yes. Okay. Uh, Detroit, by this Win. time, has a new coach. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely the interim coach is getting fired. So, so, it's now, Bevel. It'll be Terrell Bevel by I, then. Uh, interim coach. I'm, I'm slightly... We've made a lot of different predictions, by the way. We just predicted a coach was going to get fired. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. He's been calling that Oh, I've been calling for long. Patricia. Okay, Patricia. good. Patricia, then we're good. So you're not yeah, off no, doing no, no. that. Out to the soccer stadium in December 15th. Uh, you could call it a road game for the L.A. Chargers, too. Uh, for them and the Vikings. All right, it's a win for them. Final two games of the year might determine the NFC North. It will. Green Bay at home and Chicago at home. How do you think the Vikings fare in those two games? I'm going to say that they're going to win both of them. Wow. Strong ending I think to we the got, season. I think we're up to 11 then. I, I, 11 think people five. Five. I think people forget how hard it is to play at U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, it's, it is, yeah. It is one of the yep. most spectacular places because of the way it looks. You know, you walk in and yeah. you're just like, wow. And then you get the fans going crazy and it's out. I mean, it's like Seattle. like. So, almost. what is it like in terms of noise when you're on the field? Because there are reporters up in the press box who have to put in, like, uh, you know, ear things. It was terrible. And that's why I was so mad in 2016 because I'm literally trying to listen to the most calm quarterback, Sam Bradford, just be like, guys. <laughs> It's Joe Jet Protection. 
Nation. <laughs> and everyone's like screaming, and I'm like, dude, what did he just say? Oh my god, I can't hear it. I'm getting old. <laughs> And I got mad, and, and it's it's tough. It's a tough place to play, I and mean, that's why I think that at the end of the day, he was great in that game. Oh, it was, dude, it was we had fun back then. But this is, I think that the North is going to go through those last two games. But I see the Vikings take eleven and five. Eleven and five. That is uh, same as the Courtney Cronin. Same as ESPN's Courtney Cronin, who we had picked the schedule the other day. It's so. tough to do though. It is. Have, there's a lot of factors that go in, you know. Yeah. And I think the biggest is like how good is the defense. That's the number one factor. How good yeah. is a team's defense? Because defense is going to win you championships. Offense sells tickets. Who's the one guy in your mind this team can't afford to lose? If I if you picked one oh, guy, Adam Thielen, for sure. We just really? saw why. Yeah. I mean, look at the Cardinals game. I mean, other than that eighty-five year eighty-five yard run, you have no offense. Yeah. Adam Thielen makes this offense take, and it, it baffles my mind sometimes when people are like, "Oh, well, Kirk's the reason," or this double tight end set, or Stephon Diggs. Adam Thielen is your offense, and if you don't have him, that's trouble. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation. Former Vikings guard. Alex Boone with us, and uh, I'm going to have to check on whether we've made an announcement regarding Alex Boone yet or not. Like a fire so I, I'm not Do we have breaking news? Jump the, uh, I, I don't want to jump the gun, so I'll check, and then we'll return here. You're listening That's to a Pur- heck of a tease there, I know, caller. right? We're uh, listening to Purple Daily on Score North. We'll be right back. 345 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. We are live out at the State Fair every day. Hail, rain, Shine, no matter what, we'll be out here off Chamber Street on the left edge of the Grandstand Score North Twin Show at noon, Purple Daily, 2 to 4, Mackie and Judd with Rami, 4 to 6, every weekday, now until Labor Day, here at the State Fair. You can check out our Score North merchandise booth, open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. You can show us your Score North mobile app, and you'll receive a $5 t-shirt. Also, we're donating all proceeds from the All Arise t-shirts to the Luis, or to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. Again, that's our, that's at our merchandise booth, open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily here at our booth off Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. We are back. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, and Alex Boone, former Viking guard. Uh, if you missed any of the show, make sure you go to wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, any of those things, and just type in Purple Daily. You can listen to two hours of Vikings and NFL talk right into your brain. So uh, I have a, a general question for you just because I'm, I'm interested in this. So, is there a guy on the Vikings that you played with that's on the team now that you say is better than people think? Like, is there a guy that we don't know? I'm, I guess I'm always interested in stuff that I don't that I don't know or that I wouldn't pick up on. And I'll give you an example uh, recently of a player who sort of emerged as a starter that I would have never seen coming. That's Anthony Harris. Oh, I, yeah, I get you. I mean, he's undrafted, okay. special teams guy, and then he's thrown in to start, and I'm like, oh, uh, he's playing really well. I mean, I, that's one where you go, all right, I wouldn't have guessed that, and they really like him, and he's starting again. So I, I guess I'm curious, when when you're playing with guys, if you see players where you're like, this guy's way better than media knows or fans know, and, and you can sort of foresee when something like that's going to happen. I think the one name that comes to my mind is Stefan Weatherly. I think that's the one guy that yeah. people don't understand how good he really is. Yeah. Defensive end. We practice against him all the time. And you could tell when he was kind of in like his grumpy mood or like a bad mood because he would just turn it on. And the mm. tackles would instantly be like, come on, dude. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> He'd be like, no, got to go today. Coach just said, "I gotta go." You'd be like, "Oh man, sucks to be you guys." And he would turn it on. He was yeah. he was good. He's I mean, a really great athlete. He was stronger than he looked and quicker than he looked. Mm-hmm. So he would he would get in. He, for me, it was it was fine because I had long long arms and he was long, so we'd kind of keep each other away. 
But the shorter tackles would always have problems because he'd get into their chest and he would just barrel through them. He was so strong. Can, in your mind, Griffin bounce back? I, I was very, of all the guys that they brought back, that surprised me because once a guy declines, and, and I, I know it was personal problems, yeah. which is too bad, but in this league, teams ordinarily don't care. Right. Uh, do you see him bouncing back and becoming the player he was two years ago, or once you sort of start to decline, is that just a gradual thing where it's not going to stop in your? No, I think last year was probably just a crazy year for him, and like you said, the health issues yeah. he was going through, and, and I mean that'll pl- take a toll on anybody. But I think you can absolutely bounce back. You know, I think that this defense is primed right now, and obviously you're missing Linval in the middle. He's coming back from being hurt, but. You get this group together, and it's a special group. Both the edges are incredible. They have pass rushers for days. And, and you look at Evan, he's one of the premier guys. He's got the best spin in the game. He's quick off the ball. He can still get into your chest. You know, guys don't lose things like that just overnight. You know, that's over a couple of years. You start to see a guy kind of wear down. I, I'm thinking of a few guys in my mind that I don't want to say that. I remember over the years we'd say, hey, listen, he's, he's declining. Ev's not at that point yet. He's been really good in training camp. I, I, that's been my observation: is Kirk keeps getting sacked, and that I, and that's not just because. Well, I was going to say, is that is that well, Everson or is oh that it's the it's, line? It's, well, it's that, and it's also Daniel too. I mean, well, Daniel could have made it so if he could hit the quarterback, they would have no quarterback. Yeah. They would all be injured at this point if if Daniel Hunter could hit them. But with Griffin, when they lost him for a few games last year, I felt like the motor sort of reduced for the entire defense. Because when you watch him on tape, he just never stops. Right. And he's not a guy that takes a playoff or anything else, which usually defensive ends, sometimes you just, well, okay, I didn't win this rep, so whatever. Right. But not with him. No. And I think it drives everybody. No, absolutely. And, the, you know, the one thing about Daniel Hunter, too, is that's Ev's best friend because there's, they can only take the double team one way. And yeah. at the end of the day, you can ship with a back or you can ship with a tight end, but that's still not really that effective. That just kind of slows people down. And it's one of those things where, hey, we're going to chip him, so be alert. He's probably going to go inside. We're going to give you the best possible possible scenario to win but you still have to remember that if a blitz were to come off the edge well all of a sudden the running back can't chip anymore hey man i can't help you i got to go to my responsibility so there's ways around that for 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 these guys and daniel being on one side ev being on the other that's going to play huge factors for this defense but think about this when you pair them together that's what's even more fun when they start doing those stunts on one side that's when it's fun to watch so to, to go back to what we saw in the cardinals game uh, how much should we be concerned or take from that offensive line-wise? And if if you were on that line, how much would you say, yeah, it wasn't great, but it was the third preseason game? I mean, there, it's, it's tough because it is the third preseason game. It's your last dress rehearsal before the live actions. And I always think that there's a big drop-off from a preseason game and a real game. There's so much more that happens in a live game. In the back of your mind, you know this is live. At the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are counting on me to do my job. In a preseason game, at the end of the day, the guy across from you, he might even tell you, hey, listen, the older guys used to be hey, listen, man, we're going to bull rush the whole day. We're going to do this. There's different things. When you're live and the game is real, there's so much panic that goes into your mind. Do I know what I'm doing? Does he know what he's doing? Is everybody on this same page? So I think if I were on that offensive line, I'd be a little worried and only having 35 yards in the first half and besides an 85-yard run was not making me very happy, but... There's still room to make up for it, and like I said before with this offense, you can make mistakes and still make up for it. I'm curious, before uh, we wrap up here, um, just for this season, and you're going to – the announcement, I'm sorry. I do this yeah, all the time. Yeah, you did forget the this announcement. Is, I forget get, too, dude. You'll get used to this CTU. where I – I was going to remind you. I don't, I don't even – I've never even hit my head 
Uh, not even in rec league basketball, and I forget things. So, um, But you are going to be with us regularly yes. during the season. Tuesdays uh, and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. You'll, you'll be in here, a little roundtable action with Courtney Cronin on Tuesdays, and it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait. After you came on the first time, I got a dozen emails from people, tons of tweets of, hey, we want more Alex Boone, so here you are, and you're going to be helping us analyze this team all season. So really looking forward to that. Can't wait. Um, before I uh, – that now, that that's off the table. Before we wrap up, I want to know just, like, who you're interested in. Most intriguing team to you. As we go along in the Viking journey, we'll be sort of like, you know, horse blinders on the Vikings a lot. But just as a football fan and a guy who's going to watch a lot of football this year, who, who do you just cannot wait to see how this team or player works out? Uh, are you talking about any team? Any team. I mean, I have a lot of teams. I mean, is Cleveland going to trip over their own shoelace? Mm-hmm. Or the San Fran, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to actually do something? Mm-hmm. Is Jacksonville's defense going to be good with, you know, everybody coming back? And then you got Filippo and your quarterback are reuniting. Oh, my God, Nick Foles. I mean, there's just so many question marks. And then not only that, but, you know, I was so excited for the AFC South because I felt like it was going to be one of the most competitive besides yeah. the NFC North. Yep. Let's be honest. The NFC North is going to be one of the most competitive now since Andrew left. And that's crazy to think, but one one player kind of changed the whole division. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I, in my mind, I thought the Colts had that division. And now that he's gone, you open it up to a lot of teams. So I think that now it turns to this division. What are the Packers going to do? What's Chicago going to do? What are the Vikings going to do? Who's going to rebound? Who's going to come back and play tough? And, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and this year. Deshaun Watson does not have a great situation. Lamar no. Miller just went down towards yeah. ACL. Matt, they have a, Matt Khalil is supposed uh, to start at left tackle. That's that. not a good situation <laughs> for anybody. I think, no. we can all agree. anybody. I think we can all agree that one this, didn't work out for yeah. it. This would be one where... You didn't have to watch the tape, really. No, you no. didn't have to go back and look at the coach's film. You know, I wondered the same thing. Somebody asked me the other day, and I was like, man, he's still playing. And and, and starting. Carolina gave him a really nice contract and a, a year in late. But here's what's crazy. You're not your brother. But, he, but here's what's crazy. <laughs> the Vikings almost gave him the same deal. Oh, they they tried wanted to. to. Yeah, I was here when he was here, to. and he called me and was like, I'm going to come back here. I was like, great. Next morning, I wake up to a text. Sorry, bro, gotta go. <laughs> like, okay, no love lost. All well, right. uh, yeah, close, I, close I, the pizza I, I'm thing. with you. The AFC South just became really fascinating. So we're gonna do it all season long, man. I'm Can't really wait. looking forward to it. Alex Boone, if you missed any of it, make sure you get it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Zolgad, you're gonna stick around for Mackie and Judd with Rami, and I saw Lindsay Whalen. Yes, she's gonna so join us off the top. She is joining you off the top. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll catch you back here tomorrow on Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.